Hi guys, continuing the uh, Brown Car Guy and Buddies series of conversations. I'm today going to be talking to a guy, well I don't, I've never actually physically met this guy but I feel like I've known him because of the wonders of social media. We've been in touch for years and there's interesting parallels in our personal history so it'll be, it'll be really fascinating to explore that. Anyway, his name is Noman Farouk. He's based in Canada and he runs an outlet called Automotive Affairs as well as being a freelance automotive journalist. So we're going to be going on to Zoom uh, in Canada and hope that that signal works really well. Meanwhile, make sure that you are subscribing to this channel. Uh, and when you subscribe to this YouTube channel, make sure you hit that bell notification icon so you get updates of the latest videos that I'm uploading. At the same time, make sure you follow me on all social media. Just search for hashtag Brown Car Guy. That's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and of course, browncarguy.com. Also, don't forget some very exclusive content uh, from me on patreon.com forward slash I'll put that link uh, below in the description. So let's see how this goes. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey there, Norman. How are you doing? Oh my God, it's amazing to finally meet, even though it's sort of a virtual environment. I know, I know. We've known each other for what, five, six years at least, and we've never actually met in person, but uh, we met through contacts, and uh, this is our first face-to-face, -face, even though it's camera to yeah. camera. <laughs> camera to camera, yeah. So it's London calling London, right? Yes, exactly. London. Bizarrely, even though you're on the other side of the world. How does that work? Well, uh, after the Second World War, a lot of British soldiers that were in Canada, they kind of settled in this area of Ontario, and I guess they were homesick, so they uh, named this area London. Wow. And and funny enough, there's a river that passes through the city as well. And can you guess? Don't tell me it's called the Thames. It's called the Thames. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> That's just bonkers. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and all the street names are the same as you would find in London, England. So right. uh, uh, if you ever come around here, you, you'll feel right at home. Yeah, I feel, I feel right at home apart from the fact that you, you, you mentioned earlier it was snowing there. It is snowing right now, in <laughs> fact. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, we're, wait, what day is it today? It's the uh, 21st of April. It's about 4 o'clock here in London. I'm looking outside. It is sunny and beautiful. Of course, we're not allowed to go out because of this lockdown situation with the dreaded coronavirus. But it's quite tempting to look out there and think it's really beautiful. What's, what's things like, so, uh, like over there in, uh, in Canada? So uh, in Canada, we've been told to uh, stay indoors, basically uh, self-isolation. Uh, it's not a lockdown situation. There's no military out stopping people from going out, but all the malls are closed, uh, public parks are closed, uh, essential services are open, so you can go to grocery stores, pharmacies, um, get your essentials, and that's it. Don't go out if you're not supposed to be out. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, that's it sounds, the situation it sounds, here. It sounds the same as here, really. So are you able to do any any content at the moment? Are you able to review any cars or anything like that? So uh, funny enough, before uh, before everything went, uh, went really serious, I uh, picked up a press car, and I picked up a press car on March the 18th. And that was a Monday and I was driving back. So I was picking up the car from Toronto and driving to London is about a two hour drive. By the time I got to London, I checked my email. It was from the car company and said, 
Okay, so we've now been asked for uh, us to close the office by the government. Um, so, you know, the car you just picked up, just hold on to it until, um, oh. until we tell you to uh, bring it back. So it's been over a month and I have Oh my uh, God. That's like a long term now. It, it's a long term test. And, oh uh, my you know, yeah, that, that happened to a few people here as well. I was really jealous because I just missed out because my cars were due to start coming at the beginning. I booked a whole bunch of cars for April and then into May. And then, of course, the lockdown happened in the last week of March. And that was it. But I know that some people that had cars were able to uh, have still got them. So it's a bit of a... <laughs> so, yeah, so I, uh, so I have a Mazda 3, which is a nice enough car. But, uh, you know, the day I picked up the Master 3, I was cancelled out of either vehicle uh, because that car company took their actions a little bit earlier and uh, they decided that uh, uh, they were going to cancel not only my booking but every other journalist who was booked with them. Um, sad for me is because that car was the uh, 2020 BMW i Roadster. So Sorry, which have, one was I that? BMW, been, which one? I ate. I ate. Oh roadster. right, right. But that must so, be. But that's on run out now, isn't it? The I ate. Yeah. So it, it's uh, basically uh, last year of production, right? So they're yeah. just about done. So I had asked them for last go in the car, and they had booked right. me into the car, and then they sent the email that, oh, uh, unfortunately, due to the uh, oh, COVID nineteen scenario, <laughs> we have to cancel you oh, out of man. that vehicle, and I'm like. Yeah, it would have been nice to have had that for over a month. <laughs> that would have been pretty cool. Okay, so That's we've jumped ahead here, cool. right? Let's go back a little bit. And um, so you're, I mean, is it correct to say you're the founder of Automotive Affairs in, in Canada, right? Yeah. So and, but, 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 but before you were in Canada, you were also in the Middle East, right? So, yeah, I've been all over the place. So, uh, and that's mainly... Thanks to Dad, because Dad liked being all over the place. So, uh, you know, originally from uh, Karachi, Pakistan. And then uh, when I was like three years old, uh, the whole family moved to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And all right. And we were, we were there for a couple of years. In fact, that's where my interest in cars started, because I was three, four years old. And in Kuala Lumpur, Back in the early 80s, you would see Porsche 911s, 928s, 924s. And um, we got to go to the uh, Kuala Lumpur Auto Show. And like most kids uh, my age who are into, uh, into cars, the uh, defining moment was seeing a Lamborghini Countach with the door swung open and wow. uh, on a turntable. And... From that moment on, I knew I was going to be in around. Cars. Around what year would that have been? Do you reckon? Uh, 1981. 1981. Right, right, right. Okay, cool. I was four years old at the time. Wow. And um, then moved back to Pakistan, and then uh, um, we did one sort of short trip to Saudi Arabia. Dad was working for a new company, um, but that was only like a couple of months. We were there. Um, where where then, was that in Saudi? Uh, the mom. All right. Okay. And uh, then in 1989, uh, we moved to uh, Saudi Arabia, and we were there for seven seven and a half bit years. 
So that's really bizarre. 1989 in Saudi Arabia, in Jeddah, is when I actually started my career. I started writing about cars in Saudi Gazette, and you were there at the time. I was reading your articles, not knowing it was you, because oh we my goodness, the, uh, we would get the uh, Saudi Gazette and Arab news. Uh, Dad loved reading newspapers, so he would bring home all the newspapers every weekend we would have the uh, newspapers and what would i do is i would scour through and look for the auto section and uh, yeah i remember reading reviews which now when i think back i'm like they were written by you probably they were yeah well i was i mean i like to claim that and i'm pretty confident in claiming it that i am the first motoring journalist in saudi arabia because there was nobody else doing it there were motoring right. journalists in the region but not in saudi arabia and um, that was quite a gig to get, to be the first motoring writer there uh, in the Saudi Gazette, uh, first Saudi Gazette and then Arab News a year later. Uh, but you, wow, I mean, that's incredible. So we, in a, in a sense, we go way, way back this, to right to the beginning of when I started doing this. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I, I came to uh, uh, Dubai for the first time in 95. Uh, um, we had planned this trip, a family trip, uh, around the dates of the Dubai Auto Show. So um, that was the first time I got to be in uh, Dubai. And wow. Because the mom, I don't know if you've ever been there, it's not like Jeddah, it's not like Riyadh. Uh, it's not the place, at least it didn't used to be the place where you would see a lot of exotic cars. Yeah. Um, you would always hear about these exotic car dealers in Riyadh and Jeddah. That's right, in Riyadh and Jeddah. In Jeddah, there were a lot of dealers. Yeah. So hold on a yeah, second. Yeah. So, so you were in Dammam. Were you in the in Dammam in the first during the first Gulf War then? Uh, yes. Uh, wow. And so, because I was there, but you were clearly much closer to to the action, so to speak. Yeah, and uh, where we live, my father worked for a company called Safco. And Safco used to have a uh, their factory and uh, a housing compound, which was less than ten kilometers from the airport. Yeah. And you know all the all the U.S. military uh, aircraft and yeah. vehicles they were at the international airport. There was no yeah. real air base. Uh, no, that's base. right. They were based there in the Mam. I remember. They were based in the Mam. So all the missiles that were coming uh, to Saudi Arabia were coming to the Mam. Wow. Um, so my dad uh, had a friend in Jeddah and he, he called him up and said, um, I want to send the family over to Jeddah for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, can they stay with you? And he was very gracious. My dad and him went way back, uh, childhood friends. So we lived in Jeddah. Uh, this was 19, February of 1991. We, we were in Jeddah for a month. Oh, right, right, right. So, so we were there at the same time, basically, that means. Where in Jeddah? Do you remember? Uh, not too sure whereabouts in Jeddah, but yeah. Uh, yeah um, so we were, so we were basically, area, so we were. I was fairly young. I didn't pay attention. So we we were basically living opposite where the old airport used to be in Jeddah, and so all the all the uh, the B fifty twos and everything. 
Yeah, so all the B-52s and the airplanes that were dropping the bombs were actually taken off from in front of us, so from our balcony, because we lived on the fifth floor. We could actually see the runways. So we were, so we, so here's the thing. Wow. So they, so they warned us that when the sirens went off, and you will have experienced the same thing, that you should have a room ready, seal off the air conditioning, seal off the windows, you know, keep uh, cans of water in there, some food and towels and stuff like that. So we did all that. We prepared the room and everything like that. And then, of course, when the siren went off, we all immediately rushed to the balcony and stood in the balcony the whole time <laughs> to see if we could see. Because we were looking up at the sky again. There's a Scud missile. There's a Scud missile. Of course, there were no Scud missiles. They never actually made it as far as Jeddah. But we did see the airplanes taking off from the, the airport in front of us. And my dad got ready to go to work because he worked in the... Um, he, his company had a contract with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs at the time. So he said, oh, I, I might be on call. So he got ready to go. And we were like, wow, okay, so much for hiding in the room. You know, so... <laughs> Yeah, no, those, those were interesting times, but you know, that trip to Jeddah in 91 uh, proved to me that there were definitely a lot nicer cars in Jeddah than they were yeah. in the Mom. And you would from that, oh, if you want to see the nicest of cars, you have to go. Even back then, Dubai was sort of considered in a class of its own. Yeah. And, um, I kept bugging dad that uh, we need to go to Dubai, we need to go to Dubai. And then 1995 rolls around and I kept showing him ads yeah. in the uh, Saudi papers for the Dubai Auto Show. Right, right. And right, yeah. he said, okay, fine, let, let's go. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was, a, that was a memorable trip to Dubai. So, so, so was your dad into cars? Where did that sort of interest in cars come from uh, for you? Dad's not really, really into cars. I think he's gotten more interested into cars thanks to me and my brother. We were both into, uh, very much into cars. Um, and yeah, it's odd where the interest comes from because yeah. no one really from my mom's side of the family is into cars. No one really from dad's side of the family is into cars. So it was just me and my brother, and I would say my elder brother caught the bug first, and I sort of, uh, you know, uh, hung around him and got the same interest because he started buying car magazines and bringing them home, and even before I could read, I would be flipping through them and looking at the pictures, and I, I started reading enough to go through this, to the tech page and read yeah. all the specs. Yeah, yeah. And the things of interest was how much horsepower, yeah. zero to 60 times, and yeah. top speed. That's yeah, all it meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And then you were reading my stuff. That's in, I mean, it's incredible for me to think that I was writing stuff back then. Because, you know, one time I met, I was coming out of the Arab News Building one time with the editor, editor-in-chief. And then he's, and a friend bumped into him um, on the stairs. And, they, uh, you know, he's... By, his, by being so gracious, he introduced me to this guy. They were obviously VIPs or whatever, you know, and I was just little old me, just happened to be walking out at the same time. Um, you know, and he graciously introduced me. He said, oh, this is the chap who's doing the car reviews. And this VIP, whoever he was, suddenly turned to me and says, oh yeah, I read your stuff, it's really good. And I was like all made up. I'm like, wow, somebody's actually reading what I'm writing? This is incredible. And now, like, I, meet, now I meet you and you're like, oh yeah, I used to read that stuff as well. That's, ah, what an unbelievable thing. So. So what inspired you to then get into doing this for yourself then? Was that, was that while you were still in the Middle East or, or, or afterwards? Yeah, so it all started, I guess it all got quite uh, serious while I was in the Middle East. Like 
Like I mentioned, I started getting into cars when I was four in Malaysia. But, uh, you know, as you grow up and, you know, at one point during the 80s, I was just as much into fighter jets as into cars. Uh, but then going older still, I was like, maybe getting into the Air Force is not going to be that easy. So I have to be a little bit more logical. During the Gulf War, um, the Saudi Arabian television network started broadcasting CNN and yeah. BBC World. Yeah. And now you know where I'm headed. BBC World would air Top Gear. Wow. And then when I started watching Top Gear, I'm like, people do this for a living? This is a <laughs> job that they're driving driving cars and presenting them on, on TV? Okay, this is a dream job. But, you know, it, it, it's like it's like a fantasy. It, it's, yeah. it's like, um, you know, things you hope for, but yeah. not everything actually turns out that way. Yeah. But um, while I was uh, still in Saudi, uh, my dad started applying for immigration to Canada. And we had to uh, come to London, England for our immigration interview. Um, so we did that in 1996. I remember this trip to England in 96. I was sitting at uh, in my um, uncle's living room in Leicester, England. And he asked that, hey, Numan, you're coming to that age where um, you have to start thinking careers. So what have you thought about? What do you want to do? Do you want to be a doctor, an engineer, do an MBA? Where do you think you want to head? And he asked this question while we were watching Top Gear. <laughs> and you're like, I want to do that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I pointed at the TV and said, that, that is yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. He looks at me a little dejected and goes, Naman, that's a fantasy career. This, yeah. These sort of jobs don't come to people of our background. Come on, you yeah. got to think more practically. But stubborn old me, I'm like, no, that's what I want to do. That's what I will do. And um, yeah, uh, when I moved to Canada in 97, um, I went to college, I went to journalism school, I graduated from that in 2001 and have been just at it. I've been writing for publications ever since. One of the cool. first ones was uh, Piston Heads out of UK. Right, I right, wrote for them for about five, six years. Uh -huh. So who are, you, who are you writing for at the moment, apart from obviously your own thing, which is automotive affairs? So right now it's... it's my own thing, and there's a newspaper um, out of Toronto called The Weekly Voice. It's a Indian newspaper um, uh, published in Canada. Mm -hmm. So these are the two things I'm doing, but I have worked for many publications over the years. But right now, it's just uh, Automotive Affairs and um, The Weekly Voice. And you had mentioned earlier about how Automotive Affairs was, you know, how this came about. So I had started a um, blog and I started this to teach myself how to use WordPress because I got hired by autoguide.com 
and uh, they were using WordPress. So the guy who hired me said, you need to uh, learn how to use this platform. So download it if you can. So I made an account on WordPress and started experimenting with it, teaching myself how to use it. And again, BBC uh, inspiration because I was watching the news and it said current affairs, BBC current affairs. And I'm like, hmm, I should call my uh, blog automotive affairs. Right, right, right. Got affairs it. about yeah. cars. So that was started back in 2010. And then in 2014, I had registered the account with YouTube automotive right. affairs but i did nothing with it it was just yeah. made up and no video was uploaded nothing it was just sitting around and then a few years ago i was working for a publication in canada um the editor and i got along really well however the editor kind of sensed that uh, there were troubling times with the with the publishing company yeah. So he jumped ship. He went to another publication. And the person they replaced him with was the biggest idiot you could think of. Uh, the absolute worst person they could have placed for that job. Uh, absolutely ruined the company. In fact, uh, 11 months into this person taking that role, the publication just shut down completely yeah. because now the ratings and everything was just down the drains. And it was on my second conversation with this new editor um, that convinced me that enough of doing something for others. Yeah. I was the one always digging up stories and yeah. uh, uh, calling up car companies or designers and whatnot and coming up with the content anyway, why don't I just do this for myself? Yeah. This way, if the publication goes under, there's nobody to blame but me. Yeah. But in the scenario I was, like I worked for autofocus.ca, doesn't exist anymore, all the articles are gone. I worked for autogo.ca, Publication yeah. doesn't exist anymore. All the articles are gone. I, I know. I so, feel you, man. I know exactly what you mean. I've been there myself several times. Yeah. So it was at that point, I'm like, no, I, I do all of this hard work. I don't want all this to be lost in time due to somebody else's negligence. So I'm just going to take charge. It's going to cost me a little bit of money, but I'll, uh, I'll start this. And it's been two years, two months, I've been doing it and I so, really so, enjoy so it. So two, two years, two months since you've been sort of fully dedicated to it. So, and how's that journey been in the past sort of, you know, 24 and a bit months then? It's a very exciting adventure. Uh, YouTube is a whole new kettle of fish. Uh, and I'm sure you've experienced this. This is a very influencer world and yeah. you don't do influencer type stuff and yeah. videos you, you it's very difficult to get views yeah. uh, unless you have a big publication that is throwing a lot of marketing dollar having your videos uploaded on all their platforms it's very exactly. hard to uh, draw an audience but it's but i'm enjoying it I, i'm having fun and 
it's now down to if I come up with a story idea, I just have to ask myself if I want to do it. It used to be, exactly. oh, okay, uh, I want to do so, this story. I can get this done, but some other editor has to, had to say yes. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. now it's all up to you. So do you find that most of your, the content that you're creating is for the website or for YouTube? Uh, YouTube. Right, right, and, right. And um, everything, everything I post on YouTube, I then also post on the blog. So... Uh, uh, so everything is now pretty much focused to uh, to YouTube, and even though um, I have an Instagram account for automotive affairs, there's a Facebook page for automotive affairs. Um, all they do is send traffic to uh, they send traffic to my YouTube page. So YouTube is the big priority. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm also fine. Since I since I came back to the UK and sort of created my own brand, which as you know, Brown Car Guy, and started to push it, I've also sort of been focusing on two key areas, which is YouTube and a little bit of social media, primarily Instagram. But I think that's where most of the traffic is at. Something I learned back at Motoring Middle East, because, you know, we went from, because I was doing car magazine in Dubai, as you know, and then when we went to Motoring Middle East, we thought, print, you know, where's it going? So we stuck to purely digital, but very quickly we found that people weren't even on websites. They were actually in social media and they were on YouTube. And that's primarily where our focus went. So we're sort of still, I'm, I'm sort of still carrying through that philosophy. Um, but like you, like I'm writing for other people as well. So what's been sort of the highlight of the last two years that you, when you've been, since you've been doing your own thing? What have been sort of the key um, moments um, that come to mind? Uh, I think... Um well, there, there are a lot of highlights. Um, the biggest one was probably, um, so when I was launching Automotive Affairs, I got in touch with a few car companies, told them that um, I'll from now on be doing videos. Yeah. And I, it's a new channel, so I would appreciate any help you can throw my way. And the first company to uh, respond favorably was Rolls Royce. Oh, wow. And I had visited Rolls Royce a year before. Uh, I was well, here here for, in Goodwood. Yeah. You know, I was in talks with them again, and I'm like, no, this will be for my publication. Uh, and the head, head of PR at Rolls Royce North America, a very nice lady, uh, she, she goes, what would you like to do? And I'm like, can I go back to uh, the factory in UK and uh, uh, do some features there? And she replied back, send me your dates. I will have a Phantom 8 for you to drive and uh, let's see what else we can do. Brilliant. Like, Brilliant. So when was that? Then? Perfect, How long know, ago was that? Uh, this was in 2018. All oh, right, right. A couple of years ago. Right. Okay. So April 2018, I went down and I was down in England for two and a half days. Right. Two and a half days. I had a Phantom 8 to drive around. And I'm like, okay, I've got the Rolls Royce bit covered. I have one day open in between. What else can I do? So I got in contact with David Bon Automotive, who yeah. I had also met with the year before. And I said, hey, uh, can I come make some videos on the Speedback GT and the Mini Remastered? And yeah. they were they were fine with that. So in two and a half days, I 
drove like a million pounds worth of cars and yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably yeah, more like, actually because the speed the speedback yeah. GT is about six hundred thousand pounds alone. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, uh, I bet a lot of people who live in England never get to drive uh, cars worth a million pounds in their no. lifetime. No, and exactly. I want to drive them in two and a half days. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I had a really good trip. Yeah, yeah. Now, next time you're down, you can pick me up in the Rolls Royce. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully, I'll still get access to them. So. <laughs> and what what else has been going on? What else have you been looking uh, that's been exciting? And what are you looking forward to when once all this you know this this quarantine and lockdown lifts, so to speak? Yeah, well, uh, I think the new Corvette is definitely. Uh, oh yeah, I'd love to have a go. I've, I love Corvettes, and I've driven. You know, obviously, I've driven pretty much most of them. Um, certainly from, I'd say from C3 onwards, I've driven them all. Um, but because I'm now back here, I'll tell you one thing that I'm missing since I've come back to the UK is muscle cars. Uh, honestly, because I've got such a hankering now for muscle cars. And it's like, that's the one <laughs> thing that I'm really missing. You know, since I've been back here, I've been driving like, you know, three cylinder engines and two liter turbos, which are all great cars. But it's like, man, give me a V8 any day. You know what I mean? But that new Corvette looks beautiful. I tell you what, when all this lifts, you should come to uh, Canada and we'll, uh, we'll do the uh, muscle car fix for you. Yeah, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? That'd be really, really cool. That'd be cool. Man, it's been uh, amazing to talk to you. An incredible journey that you've had. I, I'm, I'm quite struck by the sort of parallels that are between you and me, although in different, different timescales and in different regions, but there's, there's some similarity there. There's some similar uh, routes that we both seem to have taken um, to get where we are. That's quite extraordinary. Yeah, and you and I also have a uh, shared love for the uh, Lotus Esprit. So yeah, more similarities. <laughs> yeah, I love that, love that. And people that we know in common. I know that Dossi uh, Varga is a mutual no, friend uh, of, of both of us. And uh, thanks for putting me back in touch with him. Actually, I should do one of these with him, actually. What do you think? Uh, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? And um, yeah, lots of stuff going on. You, you said you, you've, you've, you, did you check out the conversation yeah, no, I had with uh, Mohsen Ikram recently, who's also based in Karachi? Uh, I, I have it on my list of things to watch. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw your video with Imtishan uh, end to end, from one end to the other, like, didn't skip over anything. I thought that was such a fantastic conversation and uh, it was so engaging. And um, so I, I watched it the entire way through. And that was a long video, a 40 minute yeah. long video. Yeah, that, was, that got a bit longer than I was anticipating. Yeah, I'm trying to keep these to 30 minutes, but yeah, that got a bit longer. But anyway, cool, man. So awesome stuff, man. So great to, to sort of finally talk to you face to face. And uh, let's do this again soon. Wishing you all the best. Stay safe, stay well, stay away from the dreaded virus. And hopefully once this lift, you get out and drive that Corvette and let me know all about it. <laughs> but in the meantime, thanks so much for joining me today. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much. And hopefully we'll catch up again soon. All right, take care, mate. Oh, man, that was amazing. And yeah, when I mentioned at the beginning that there were parallels, I didn't realize just how similar the parallels were between his trajectory in life and mine, although he's obviously a few years behind where I've been. But yeah, really fascinating talking to him. Uh, hope to pick up on more conversation with him uh, and find out some of the other stuff that he's been doing very, very soon. So make sure you're subscribing and make sure you hit that notification icon so that you'll get updates of all these videos as they come online. Let me know 
know what you thought of that conversation. Let me know who else you might want me to talk to and what else you'd like to see on this channel. I'm always open to ideas. Like I said, make sure you're subscribing, make sure you follow me on all the social media. Just search for hashtag brown car guy on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and of course, Follow me on browncarguy.com. And by the way, as mentioned right at the beginning, don't forget to check out that exclusive piece of content, particularly if you're a Cannonball Run fan, the original movie, go to patreon.com forward slash shazadshake. And there I've got some very, like it's only available there, nowhere else. And it's my kind of parody sequel to that movie. It's a lot of fun. Go check it out. Let me know what you think. Thanks for watching and I'll see you again soon.